yeah, episode 132 is about to start, and everyone, this episode is really special because Lee Peel interviews me, and you get an inside look of what's going on in my life, a little bit of my backstory, and my own personal opinions on training, on what other coaches should do, how you should be a good human being, and honestly, this whole episode is just a lot of fun. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and today is going to be a little bit different. We have the wonderful Lee Peel, and today we are going to switch it up where she's going to interview me, and we're going to see how this thing goes. I don't know what's going to happen or come up, but uh, let's go for this ride together. <laughs> you have no control. <laughs> I'm very yeah. excited about this. It's fun turning the tables on you, and I don't get to do this much. I don't get to turn the tables on everybody, though. Um, I do like interviewing people. It's fun. So... Um, I'm going to drive this machine and I'm going to start off in just making sure that we're like loose and limber here. I have a couple of just random questions to, to get you, to get you energized and going. So current music rotations, what's playing? Oh man. Um, so I've maybe brought this up on my solo episodes, but my favorite artist is Machine Gun Kelly. So he is a white rapper out of Cleveland, Ohio, and I honestly think he's probably the most underrated rapper out there right now. And if anyone out there doesn't know who he is, you should definitely check out his stuff because it's freaking amazing. Okay. All right. Current book you're reading? Um, actually, it's Chris Scott Dixon's book. Why? What the hell is it called? Uh, why me want? Why eat. we eat all the things? Yeah. yeah, something like that. And with your <laughs> fucked up attitude or her subtitle, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, all right. Last YouTube video you watched, Ooh. even if it's embarrassing. <laughs> Hang on, I actually have my tab open because I'm not done it. Um, where is it? It's a Gary Vaynerchuk keynote, actually. Oh, um, okay. It's called "95 Percent of You Will Ignore This 2018 Marketing Strategy." <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All <laughs> I, right. I just like watching Gary because, like, anytime I start doing 16-hour days of work and I'm like, oh, why am I doing this? It's so stupid. And then I watch, like, one keynote of him and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to keep grinding out. No, people are very polarizing on the Gary V level. They either, like, love him or they don't. I, I like Gary V. I always have. I've been following him since the wine thing yeah. and what have you. Um, and, and I, I don't care if people are like, he, you know, the people are like, oh, he doesn't say anything or he, or he, he just, you know, says stuff and throws in a cuss word every once in a while. I'm like, whatever, dude's inspiring. I, he's good at pumping up a room. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Um, I love watching Gary Vee. Honestly, I think the reason why I like him is because he's an immigrant and just like me, anytime he brings up his parents, I'm like, fuck, that was my parents too. Cause <laughs> I remember when I was at high school and all my friends were getting cars from their parents I went to my parents. I'm like, so, uh, when am I going to get a car? They're like, you want a fucking car? Go get a fucking job. And that was it. I was like, all right. And that's where it kind of like immigrant mentality, you got to work your ass off to get something that you want. Yeah. Where are your parents from? Poland. Poland. Yeah. Okay. Right, right in uh, Eastern Europe. Um, still a pretty poor country, but uh, I went there last November for the first time since I left. So... That was amazing. So you got to visit the home country. Was it everything you expected and more? Um, yeah, so it's kind of weird. So I have an aunt and uncle that live there in a house that was passed down from my great-grandmother. And they live on, I think, three acres of, like, farmland. And I, they even have their own, like, creek that runs through their property. Yeah, so, like, when I started uh, staying there, it almost felt like home. And I'm like, this is so weird. I just feel like... I'm at home. And then the next day I was having a conversation with my aunt and it actually turns out I actually lived there for a year of my life with my mother. And I'm like, my mom never told me this. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm like, no wonder I felt like so at home, but it was, yeah, it was just plain amazing. And I wish I had more time to stay there. That's excellent. Okay. Last one. Random question. Sure. Pet peeve. Um, I don't know. Um, Fuck, why can't I think of anything? 
That's it. This is what happens when people ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I, I would have these great answers normally. I think you the, can. Sorry, I, I think my pet peeve would be like if you're hanging out with somebody and there's like a lull in the conversation and they just go right to their phone and then they oh. just like zone out into their phone for 30 minutes and you're like, hey, hey, what about me? <laughs> that's not acceptable in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Not yes, cool. they are on my list as well. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I don't do that. In fact, I have such a problem staying with social media sometimes and updating things because mm-hmm. I really am one of those people that puts my phone away. Like, I, I don't deal with it around other people, which is probably why I'm not very good at online, like, continual in-your-face marketing. <laughs> but I'm glad to know that you would be respectful of that as well. Yeah. So... I did some research. I oh, stalked shit. you. Oh, yeah. I did. I read, I read things. I looked at things. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what, what kind of theme do I want to go on here? And I think one of the continual themes that I saw with the things that you talked about is um, really just it kind of keeps going back to transformation. Your transformation, transformation mm-hmm. you've helped other people make, you know, um, yeah. and and a little bit of your story. And I know that you have shared your story with your audience a little bit, and I know you have kind of the Transformation Podcast. I, I just want to kind of, one, recap for people who may be new or this is the first one I'm listening to. You had your own transformation when mm-hmm. you were young. You lost weight over two months, by the way. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it was so quick. Yeah. Can you explain just a little bit of that and how that went down? Um, so it all kind of started when I think I was in grade nine. And at that point in my life, like girls were really, really important to me. And other than now, they're not so important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I remember I was at a high school dance and like built up the courage to go ask this one girl to dance with me. And then she turns to me and she's like, Why would I ever want to dance with you? You're fucking fat. And then that was it. I was oh, like, that's Damn brutal. it. So it's then that kind of like stuck with me for a while. And like, at grade nine, I was still trying to lose weight, but I was never successful at it. And I was like really down on myself, depressed, whatever. And then grade 10 is when I started to like really hone in on it. And I've said this before where like I literally read every single article on menshealth.com, bought a bunch of different magazines, and I'm like, okay, this is serious. I need to change. So the summer of grade 10 going to grade 11, I, like, completely flipped cold turkey from, you know, my breakfast would be, like, a whole bag of chips and, like, a two-liter Coke to I'm going to have, you know, eggs and orange and some sort of vegetable and, like, totally flipped it. And during that summer, because I also played football, we had summer camp where it was, like, a combo of three days in the weight room and then three days of like skills on the field so i with that training six days a week and eating completely clean i ended up like just dropping 60 pounds in july and august and then when i went to school in september the only people who saw my transformation were like the football guys that i was with but everybody in the school were like who the hell is the new kid and then they realized it was me and um it kind of all started with one person asking like what I did. They're like, can you train me and do the same thing? And I was like, oh fuck, I know what I want to do with my life now. And that's where it kind of all spiraled into what I do today. So so you literally, you had like that dream that so many, that so many people have of over the summer, <laughs> I'm going, no, over the summer, I'm going to lose a lot of weight. I'm going to come back and, you know, I'm going to be a complete badass walking down the halls and I'm going to have the transformation. You yeah. actually did it. You're one of the people that actually pulled that off. Yeah. Was the response what you expected or hoped it to be? Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah. literally the first week of school, um... I had almost every girl that never wanted to talk to me start talking to me. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Why did I do this earlier? <laughs> but um, I, I just, like, it also even bumped up my popularity, like, everything. It, it's so strange. Like, you know, you lose 60 pounds and your whole life changes completely. And I'm really glad I didn't go into, like, being becoming an asshole and everything like that. Because at the same time... Um, my wife, she actually went to the same high school as me. And like in the back of my head, I've always wanted to be in a relationship with her. 
And she was, like, literally <laughs> the only one who didn't care, like, gave me that attention that all the other girls did. So I kind of wanted to, like, pursue her. And uh, probably after, like, a month and a half in grade 11, that's when we started dating. And now, today, we are married. <laughs> Okay, that's like seriously sweet. That's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. But you highlight a point. Like it's, yeah, it's takingly sweet. You highlight a point there that I think it gets talked about a lot in the fitness industry. And you know, I think that, but like we'd probably both agree, losing weight or or having your change of body composition or things like that, it's not everything. We know that, right? Yeah. But it seems to be a guilty thing to say or a negative thing to say to say that losing weight can change your life. That it can mean something, that it can breed confidence, or, or that uh, it can be a really positive effect for you outside of just health or outside of just whatever. Are you someone that champions the notion of, yes, it has to be within a certain kind of logical reason, but getting in better shape or losing weight or, or becoming like a different version of yourself can change things in a positive manner? Um, I think so, but also at the same time, like I've been talking to clients about this recently, is that, you know... Getting into fitness and health and making it a priority in your life doesn't have to mean you're going to drop, like, 60 pounds like I did. Maybe, sure. like, the ultimate goal is for you to be consistent one day a week so then you don't feel super run down and tired, and then you can run after your kids, and then for the rest of your life, you're not going to deal with, like, joint pain, high blood pressure. And I've been telling clients this recently, I'm like, I think if you can do that, like, one day a week for the rest of your life, like, you've won, like, you, you figured it out and maybe that's you know losing 60 pounds is not part of your journey but your journey is being able to keep up with your kids and see them get married and then have that they'll have kids and you'll have grandchildren and you'll never have to worry about you know oh i need to go see my cardiologist again this week good point yeah. so for you maintenance has seemed to be pretty much of a breeze um, um, you No, you make it seem that way. Has mm -hmm. it been? You know, has it been? Has it been easy for you to maintain this, this loss over all these years and to kind of keep up with things? Or has it has it been rough? Have there been sticking points for you? Um, yes and no. So yeah. after losing all that weight, um, I didn't, like, realize that I had, like, almost like a binge problem. So... I can't remember the first time it started happening. Like, I wasn't self-aware in the first place, but, you know, I would train seven days a week, and then I'm like, yeah, Saturday, cheat day, see how much shit I can put into my mouth. And uh, I thought it was normal. And then as I started learning more in the industry, I was like, oh, shit, maybe I have an issue. And then uh, I, I kind of went back and forth between you know, always restricting calories, always counting macros, things like that. And then I kind of got to a point where I didn't care about it. And because um, when I lost the weight, I was weighing in at like 140 pounds. And as I started getting into the industry, stopped kind of paying attention. I went up to like 170, but I wasn't like overweight. Like I was trying to like build muscle and things like that. But at the same time, I still deal with like body uh, image issues myself. And I've always, in my back of my head, I'm like, oh, I just need to, like, cut the weight out. I've always been in that kind of, like, realm. And even right now, I decided to count calories, count macros. And in the span of two months, I lost 17 pounds. I'm walking around right now at 151. And... Uh, the, so you had a nice little bulk there. Yeah. A nice little... Yeah, a yeah. little bulk. But, like, the interesting thing is that now that I've been tracking, I'm not binging. I don't feel like I need to. But if I put a certain food in front of me, like pizza is the worst for me. If someone put a box in front of me, I can eat the entire box to myself, crush a couple beers, and then also like go out for cheesecake. And then who knows, an hour after that, keep eating something else. And that hasn't happened in a while. And I'm really happy about that. But uh, I don't know. I think ever since I lost that weight, I've always been really like conscious of how I look. And I think that's the one thing a lot of people don't think about is if you lose a lot of weight in your head, you still look at yourself as that, you know, overweight person. And I still do today. And like at 151, like I'm pretty lean, but I'll still look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, I could still lose this little bit of fat right on my lower abdomen. So then my vein can pop a little bit more. 
No, and, and it's funny because one of the things that I had written down here is, as you know, Kevin from the Fitcast, friend of mine. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was an overweight kid when he was young and, and he, he's always talking or joking about, you know, he has former fat kid syndrome or okay. what have you, you know, and I was going to say, I was like, does it ever rear its head at you? Do you, do, do you deal with those things? And obviously, obviously you do. It still kind of gnaws at you a little bit there in the mm-hmm. back of your at mind. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So with the binge things and, and you feeling like you're under control with that, do you have something specifically? People are listening right now and yeah. I, everyone in the industry I don't care who you are. They they usually go through that moment in which they deal with cheat days or refeeding, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it, it ends up being I eat all the food, right? What do you personally contribute to that you're aware of um, that has helped the most with you in recovering from that and kind of getting your grip on that and um, not losing control? Um, it's kind of hard to answer that, but ever since I've been following people like Chris Scott Dixon and just getting a better perspective and then doing some more research on it, I think the big one is just learning that not every day is going to be perfect. And any kind of like time I feel that I need to binge, I'll literally like set a timer for 20 minutes. And if I really feel like I need to have pizza, then I'll go ahead and do it. But um, I've also, like, played around and experimenting, like, if I know I'm going to a social event and there's going to be food, like, at my dad's birthday a couple weekends ago, they always bring pizza. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be tough for me. But what I did instead right before I left the house was I just, like, hammered down a protein shake, just, like, protein and water, just to, like, fill me up a little bit. And I ended up not eating as much as I thought I would. And then also when I got there, they had Guinness. And Guinness is very filling, so I had that first. So that I didn't feel like I had to eat so much. But um, I, I think it's going to be one of those things for me that I don't think I'll ever get over. I just have to be more self-aware when my brain goes on autopilot and I need to just stop that signal to kind of realize, whoa, what the hell am I doing? If that made sense. Oh, it completely makes yeah. sense. And and in short biteables, it's basically, you know, sure, there's a mindset issue, but there's also strategy. And yeah. strategy is at play for you. And it is different for each individual, but, but for you, strategy is definitely part of it. And, yes, you can't binge very well when you have Guinness in you because that, <laughs> that is a thick, yeah, foamy is. substance. I, lo- <laughs> I love <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So switching gears a little bit, um, you – are um, an amazing trainer. I mean, I mean, I look at your Instagram, and and um, you have a, a fantastic interaction with your clients. Thank you. For those listening, um, what does kind of your current client roster look like? Is it specific um, to you know athletes or gen pop? Uh, does there seem to be a recurring theme for you uh, with your clients? Um, so right now, like I always tell people, like 90% of my clientele are all female usually moms and the last 10% are like rehab people because I reconnected with a um, physio clinic that I used to work with um, before and they specialize in like pelvic floor issues and then I went in there um, maybe a couple months ago and like all the physios were really excited that I was there because apparently I'm the only trainer in the area that actually cares about you know women's health and ever since that meeting, they've sent me like already four clients have signed up with me dealing with pain or like low back issues, pelvic floor issues. And the funny part is that their clinic is right beside another gym and they don't like sending their patients there because they just don't understand training or they don't really care about pelvic floor issues. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I deal with. Yeah. So they come to you. and and. Beyond your smolder, um, because it's a good smolder. Uh, how is it that you find yourself working so well with female clients? Because, and I say this, and granted, uh, and statistically speaking, females make up a large population of, of anyone that works with personal trainers. Mm-hmm. But um, what is it your approach, you think? And what is it that you do specifically kind of with these women that make them feel so comfortable in your presence and that allow that gate to open up? Because... Obviously, the gym atmosphere can be sometimes kind of hard for women coming into it, and especially working with other male trainers. And I think male trainers could learn a lot from your method and the way that you do things. So what are some, what are some things you do there? 
Um, so I think, because I've always, like, asked myself, like, why am I so good with women, especially in that yeah. generation, like, that population? Um, and I think it comes... Outside of your good look. <laughs> yeah. It comes... I think it comes down to how I grew up, because when I left Poland when I was young, uh, it was just my mom and I, and I had an abusive father when I was young, so my mom literally left Poland, came to Canada to start a new life, and for... I think at least three years, it was just me and my mom, and then she started dating my stepdad, and it was always kind of just me and my mom growing up, so I think whatever she did for parenting, that kind of, you know, came over me, and I just see, I don't know if it, you'd call it more of empathy towards women, or just understanding what a mother had to go through raising a child, because I, I, I honestly think, like, in our industry, there's not enough information for women, because even when I train um, women in the very beginning and they usually have kids they might be dealing with some like incontinence or whatever and I'm like have you heard of a pelvic floor physio and they're like I don't even know what that is I'm like why are we failing this like generation but I think it all kind of stems from my childhood growing up with just my mom and not really a father figure so I kind of have I think a soft spot for women's health this way and I think because like Sumi tagged me in a post on Facebook before where another male trainer was asking like how do you bring up the conversation with women about women's health and I'm like it, it almost seems silly to me I'm like how can't you like I don't understand but then I started really thinking about it and I'm a type of person that will always like research as much as possible to help somebody and um, when I started learning about pelvic floor I would just mention it to one of my female clients that hey did you know that blah 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 and then that almost like opens up their mind that like oh my god my trainer actually cares about women's health let me tell you about my awesome period let me tell you about my birth story and it just kind of trickles that way and you end up building so much trust so then when you get to a point where you feel comfortable you can just kind of say whatever you want to a point where when I had to teach one client in particular how to activate her TA and I'm like, I want you to think of pulling one single tissue out of a box. And then she started laughing her head off. And she's like, okay, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fantastic. And and so for you, you've you've made it to where the, the no conversation within realm of like respectability mm-hmm. is, is off topics. And if you approach this stuff in a meaningful and educated way, you can get to the core of a lot of issues for women, which... I mean, these things are an issue, you know, pelvic floor struggles and um, incontinence and um, uh, leaking while training and all of these kinds of things. Like, these are issues. These are issues that women face. So, essentially, it would be safe to say your advice is, you know, go for it. Like, go for it in the conversation. Like, have these conversations. Be respectful. Obviously, be, you know, tread lightly and and, and, um, talk in a manner in which that everyone feels comfortable, mm-hmm. but, but don't, don't let it be an elephant in a room that we ignore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's safe to say. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, so with training in your atmosphere in your gym, since you work with a lot, a lot of women and things like that, uh, and, and the current, every time in, in the industry as we're kind of going along, there's trends, there's new things that are happening or what have you. Is there anything that you see happening in training or, or, uh, in, in the industry right now that's really kind of making your head go, no, like we shouldn't be going in this direction. We really should be going towards this. Um, these things are not solid rocks that we need to be investing in. We need to be going in towards this area. If you had to speak to a, a trainer or someone to be like, yeah, maybe stop doing that. Maybe move towards this. What's something that kind of pops in your head like that, that, that kind of comes up, even if it's specifically towards women or just j- to gym pop in general? I think the big one for me is like so many coaches out there try to be really flashy to get attention to build their clientele and a lot of times people just need the basics like I always go back to the basics and I always use the word like prerequisites or like regressions because general population they move horribly like really really bad and then you start adding like barbells with bands and bullshit like that and you're like how is this person going to squat if they can't squat with their own freaking body weight I think you know trainers get so excited if they see something on YouTube or Instagram and they're like oh yeah I'm going to do that on Monday 
And I'm like, just stick to the basics. People won't get injured. They're going to stay with you forever. And I think that's worked for me because a lot of my clients I've literally had since day one. And even if I get a new client, they end up staying with me for years. And, uh, yeah, people just stick to the basics. Just stick to the basics. Yeah, like don't get caught up in it's like maybe you can do these things. Doesn't mean your clients can do them or should be doing them. Yeah. I mean, that's like the kind of general rule of thumb. But you highlight something, you know, with people sticking with you for years. You've been a trainer now in a in a pay sense, if I'm correct, for eight, over eight years. Yes, yeah, is that correct? I think okay. so. Yeah. <laughs> and and generally speaking, you know, we kind of joke in the personal training industry about like the five year hump. Like anyone that makes it over the five year hump and actually stays in the industry is to some degree considered a success. Um, and and you've you've definitely. Uh, grown your brand and your business and whatnot into uh, a successful thing. Maybe sticking with those basics and the women and all of that and how you talk to them is a big part of, of, of why that's achieved. But what I was going to ask you is for a lot of online trainers or, or personal trainers or entrepreneurs, they listen to this um, and they're going to listen to these podcasts. What advice do you have um, for them uh, as far as like getting over the grind a bit, getting to that next level? What are the biggest things that have led you to client retention and growing your business that you can point to? Um, for like in-person training, I always kind of look at the view of the client, like what's really the best thing for them. And I tell this story to every new person that comes in for like a consultation, if they're kind of interested in training. And I'm like, I've had an opportunity where someone came in and they're like, I want to train five days a week with you. Let's make it happen. I'm like, fuck yeah, awesome. When was the last time you trained five days a week? They were like, never. I'm like, let's start with one. And I tell people I'm the worst salesman in the world <laughs> because like any other trainer, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, five days a week, 100 bucks an hour. Oh, my God, I'm going to make so much money off this guy. But does that person, like how long are they going to stay with you, like a month before they're like, oh, this is too much. My body hurts. It's too much money. And they end up leaving, and that cash that you had is going to, you know, leave you eventually. So I get people starting with me very slowly. I always tell them, like, we're going to do baby steps. We're going to do this journey together. Let's take things slow because I want you to be successful. And those people that end up, you know, training one day a week with me, they'll come up to me and be like, hey, so I think I'm ready for another day. And I'm like, awesome. Let's put you in. And I've done that with every single client. Whereas before, when I first started, I uh, started at a big box gym and everything was so salesy like everything was about sales and I was always worried about I need to bring in my uh, bring in new business because I have a quota and if I don't meet that quota I'm gonna put get put on review and if I get put on on review I'm gonna get fired blah 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 and those clients like at best six months and then they were gone because they were like oh I can't afford it blah 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 and whereas my approach where you start off slow they are able to you know stick with you for a long time because they can make it within their budget and it just becomes part of their life that they're going to come to the gym. Um, as for like the online kind of space and just entrepreneurship in general, I wish when I first started, I just like got onto social media as quick as possible. Cause even if you don't know a lot, like if you're a new trainer, just posting like a video of you training online or like you training your clients, that's at least something. And I think I didn't start posting regularly until like four years into my career. And I'm like, thinking back now, I'm like, man, that organic reach on Facebook and Instagram way back when would have been amazing for me. And I think that was like a missed opportunity. And then when you start posting, like have something at least every single day. Like it doesn't have to be like information. And this is what I'm gonna, cause I have an intern right now. And that was like my next thing I was gonna tell her, I'm like, what you're learning from me right now would be amazing for social media posts. It just like mm -hmm. kind of gives the online space that, hey, I'm an intern trainer, this is what I learned today, and then you post that. And then eventually when you're ready to take on clients or online clients, people will know that you've been you know, like learning and you've been doing this, you've done this exercise, you've been to this course, and they'll trust you enough to be like, here's my money. And I think just like people need to you know, document their journey and people will eventually be like, you know what, that Raf, he posts all the time. I'll give him my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it is, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of that. It's that 
it's even if it's subconscious brand trust that's built on that. Yeah. Um, it, it's an important thing. Going back to the fact that uh, you'll pace your clients and you'll ease them in like that. Let's say uh, someone's listening to this and they, they agree with you. They're like, oh, no, you know, that actually sounds really good. But I don't know exactly how to have that conversation. Like, I don't know exactly how to say that. Can you kind of give um, an example of how that would go down and how you could explain that to someone in which to just be like, yeah, um, you know, I, I get that you want to do five days a week, but how, how does that kind of look, you know, and and how can they a- apply that? Because I completely agree with that system, mm-hmm. but sometimes people are resistant and I'll be like, oh, no, I don't want this or whatnot. How does that look for you when you do it? Um, I usually also bring another story up. It's like, yeah, that's great. Five days a week is awesome. But, you know, if you look at people who go to the gym on January 1st, how many of them mm-hmm. end up going all the way to January 7th? And then the moment I say that, they're like, yeah, you're right. It's like a small little thing. And I'm, I'm usually yeah. just up front, but it does take, you know, for especially for a new coach, because when I first started, I was such a huge introvert. Like, it was really difficult for me to, like, communicate with people and um, if I started and you know I was listening to this and this person was giving me this advice I'd be like holy shit how am I ever going to do that um, it, it's practice like you just have to kind of like you working out you got to put in the reps and the more you do it the more confident you'll feel and eventually you'll just like control the whole situation and the client like I believe that clients like that kind of person where you just take them and you take their hand and you just walk them wherever you want to go and then they'll look at you more of a professional and they'll stick with you forever it's just getting used to having those conversations and in the beginning it's going to be super awkward and weird and you'll probably like say the wrong thing but like you just got to get over it like the more you do it the more you put yourself out there the better it's going to get in like a year from now two years from now and then in five years you're going to be like consultation yeah whatever bring in like six i'll be good to go funny you mentioned five years um because my next question was going to be um, with everything that you have going on if you had to kind of foreshadow appear into the the future or what have you where do you see the next phase of your process going? Are you currently involved in, in making any sort of products? Or are you involved in um, any sort of operations locally? What's next for you in this like upcoming industry and business? Um, so like that's a hard question because it can go into like so many different things. Cause, sure, yeah, we can um, go into all of them. Yeah, because I recently left my previous gym with my two business partners to this new place called Aura Fitness and Yoga. One of my clients is opening up this huge gym. It's going to be 8,000 square feet. There's going to be a gym, a clinic, yoga studio, spin studio, and childcare. Like it's going to wow. be like amazing. And he wanted me to come over to train clients and also do their social media. And because um, he just seen like what I've been posting and he's like, I think we need this for my gym. And then this guy has five other companies that do really, really well. And this gym is like a fun project for him. And he's not scared to spend money. Um, and his other venture is now his five companies are going to be moving out to China and he wants to create another gym out in China and he said hey if you want we can send you out to China and you can do exactly what you're doing over there and I'm like okay well that's freaking awesome and then on top of that my wife just got into naturopathic medicine so now in four years she's going to be a doctor so Maybe she wants to open up a clinic. Maybe she wants to go to China with me and open up a clinic there. And at the same time, with this gym opening, with the clinic, the chiropractor that I work with, she's, that's her clinic. And she wants me to do active rehab with her patients. Because over the years, um, when I've chatted with physios and chiros, I ask them, like, where do you lose the mo- like the, all the time? that you have in the day and they're like showing patients exercises when they could be you know snapping necks or doing ims needling so i asked them like why don't you hire a trainer just to do the exercises for you and a lot of times i get uh you know the trainers in the area they're not that good they don't understand my system so we just don't bother so when i got introduced to this uh cairo in the company 
when we first met, she asked me what my training style was. And I was like, well, it's kind of hard to explain, but here's some coaches that I follow. And I brought up like Dan John, Tony Gentlecore, Mike Boyle, like all these guys. And she knew every single one of them to the point where if she's taken courses with them, certifications, I'm like, how are you a chiropractor and you're like in my realm? Like, this is crazy. So we started working together quite a bit. And now what we're going to do when this gym finally opens is that if you booked in for a chiro treatment, you'd get 15 minutes with the chiro and then 15 minutes with me. And then we just circulate. And I look at, you know, I love business. So out here, a typical chiro can get 50 bucks uh, at 15 minutes per patient. So in an hour, they're bringing in 200 bucks. Now, if you add me on top of it, we're going to do 30 minutes. So 15 minutes with her, 15 minutes with me. So I'll be 90 bucks for 30 minutes. So instead of just bringing 200, now you're at 360, I believe, per hour. And then over a year, like you're bringing quite a bit of cash flow to um, the clinic. And I told this to my client who's opening this up. And he's like, fuck, that's a really good idea. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, let's, <laughs> let's go do it. And that's why um, when we took our FRC course together, like that's the system we're going to use to rehab people. So with my intern, she's going to take majority of my clients. I'm going to also work in the clinic, also do social media. And at the same time, I also want to build an online brand. So I have like a lot of stuff going on. And there is like an online product that I want to put out. And for the longest time, like this is going to be probably like a small project, but the main project is going to be something different. But I chatted with you before like i want to do a skateboarding and snowboarding strength and conditioning product which is niche as hell but awesome and at the same time i also want to create like my own training system like product where i always talk about going back to the basics you know just having a whole like i tell people when i do an assessment it's almost a combination of like the fms air cressy's assessment correct the tpi some frc stuff um, and some other stuff that I picked over the years. And I've been kind of like mishing and mashing different principles and methods from the industry and kind of created my own system. And I'm like, I kind of want to share that with everybody else because I've had coaches listening to my podcast that are newer to the industry. And they're like, man, like all your solo episodes when you're talking about like low back pain or, you know, getting people from deadlifting with a kettlebell to the floor with a barbell. I really like your system. Like, where did you learn all of this? And I'm like, here's a list of 20 people that you yeah, should yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like, I almost want to compile it all together into like one thing. And hopefully that would help some people out there or even, you know, be the blueprint of how they train. So hopefully I can find some time to do that because I have so many ideas and I almost want to like take a week off and go to a cabin somewhere in vancouver island and just like hammer out a couple hours every day just to get this thing done that's the dream isn't yeah, it that's definitely. the dream it's holding up in a cabin somewhere no i i think that all sounds absolutely fantastic and that you, you've got a little bit going on not much not much, <laughs> yeah. uh, not much. but um okay so i think to round this out a little bit um one of the things that i i kind of noticed is going through and looking at a lot of your articles and um, looking at a lot of your posts and even even your posts online or what have you, um, that one of your main bits of focus is ultimately, truly, it's it's a very selfless thing. It's about the success of your clients, the success of the people that are reading or following along, your listeners, people that listen to this podcast. You truly want people to succeed. Uh, you know, it's it's not. Um, there's no su- superiority complex going on in which that, that you feel that everyone is inferior and um, there's there's none of that kind of aggressive behavior in which that, oh, you can't do it, well, then screw you. Um, we don't want anything to do with you. So to that I say, um, and it's putting you on a bit of the spot a bit, I know, but if I had, if you had to answer uh, what ultimately makes at this point in your life, uh, you the most successful and press forward through your, your physical journey, your mental journey, your business journey, things like that, or things. You can do multiple things. What would you highlight as the rocks or the solid bases of information, those, those important foundations for you personally that they've been? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. I don't know. For me, like, 
the reason why I got into this industry when I had that first like transformation was I figured out that my like calling in life was to help as many people as possible and I've always had that in the back of my head so anything I you know decide to do I always ask myself is this going to reach more people so you know getting my first website I'm like that's going to reach more people doing more videos that's going to reach more people spending some money on Facebook ads to not sell but you know here's the correct way to kettlebell swing that's going to help more people starting a podcast that's going to help more people and I never look at like how much money can I make out of this if I start a podcast? When can I start advertising to make money on my podcast? I truly just want to create stuff to help more people. And working at the gym that I'm at currently, like we have close to 250 members and I always like to chat with people and just give them like small little bits of information. And majority of all of them, they don't even know like the basics. And I'm like, I always go like, this is my whole thing. I always go back to the basics and repeat myself over and over and over to give out like good information. And, you know, the more people I can collaborate with and if they share something that I have written or made a video, that's going to spread to more people. And I think if we just send out more information that's going to help somebody, that's going to just overall make this world a better place. Hopefully that kind of answered your question, like kind of went on. No, yeah. No, 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 it did. It does. Because what you're ultimately saying, a lot of people, they, they build business models on how can I make the most money? How mm -hmm. can I achieve the most success? How can I raise my statue? Like how can, how can I ultimately become more and more and more about me? And it's kind of proof that you can have a very successful business model in which that your goal is actually to help people. You know, and it doesn't mean, obviously, with you talking, you understand online marketing, you're understanding social media, you're understanding these factors that are important to be successful, you know, because you're obviously, you have all these opportunities, you have all these options, you continue your education. But at the core of that is helping people, not trying to rob or manipulate people. And I think that that's a really good lesson for people yeah. to, to see. No, because... You know, they listen to someone like you and they're like, man, you know, he's got the success. He's doing this thing. I want to be doing what he's doing. And, and it's like, well, if you want to be doing what he's doing, um, he really cares about the people he's working with. And and I think that that's massively important. And I think oh, that it's a, it's, a, it's a really great way to kind of round this out. So my final question is, um, what is on the near horizon for you? Uh, new interviews that you have coming up? Um, something in the immediate that's coming up on Instagram? Are you going to have an infographic? You know, what's what's kind of what's kind of coming around the bend for you in the immediate? And where can people go to maybe sign up on uh, an email list and get more information from you? Become a client? Do you have online clients? Throw it all at everybody so you can actually pitch yourself for once instead of helping everybody else out. Um, so for upcoming interviews. Like, I'm, I think I'm booked all the way up to, like, July right now. But let's see who I got coming up. Um, yeah, next week, I have Dark Robotic, because Jason Leonard said that he's a person I should talk to. Um, also, another cool thing I'll be doing is I'll, because uh, Krista Scott Dixon actually moved to Vancouver and she messaged me asking if I could do an assessment on her and build her a program. So I guess I'll be training her, which is kind of pretty cool. badass. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else am I interviewing? Uh, a guy named JC Dean. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of him. Uh, who else? <laughs> uh, hang on. I'm looking at my schedule. Uh, Greg Knuckles. Ah. Um, where are we? I'm also interviewing uh, Dave Tate. That's another big Classic. one. Yeah. So I have, like, a bunch of interviews, and I, like, I feel bad because when I, like, someone's like, hey, I would love to be on your show, and I'm like, yeah, so how does July look for you? Because <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. only do them on Fridays because, like, during the week from Monday to Thursday, I just have, like, appointment after appointment. Um, but, uh... Yeah, that's it for interviews. I'm trying to think. I do have online clients. Um, 
you know, I have a, what was it, an application form on my website. I also have like a Google Sheet, like a Google Form application. It's a little bit more updated, but I can probably put that in the show notes if anyone's interested. Um, yeah, well, he, you know, you're assessing, you know, Chris Dixon Scott, so you kind of kind of a big deal <laughs> yeah. you know so uh, you know yeah definitely i think people should take advantage of that just throwing it out there myself yeah like she's i'm picking her up on next friday and she's going to come over to my gym i already have a cut the shit get fit t-shirt for her so we'll probably see some social posts on that um the other cool thing is that uh there's this guy that i got introduced to and he's trying to build an online business to quit his day job so it's called the healthy transformation it's a youtube channel a website they're on instagram facebook everything but he just wants different like fitness health professionals in the area to create content and his like website's kind of like the one-stop shop type of thing and he has like you know another trainer who's kind of like the trx booty workout i'm going to take off my shirt for every video and i'm like the kettlebell guy so he's been posting a bunch of videos of me like teaching you know how to swing properly i think the next one actually today that's coming out is like how to properly clean a kettlebell the funny thing is that now he started (laughs) giving me assistants that are like good looking young girls that are like 19 years old (laughs) And they've, I like, before the, like, um, filming, I'm like, so, have you ever touched a kettlebell in your life? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. So I'm going to apologize at the very beginning of this because I don't know how well her clean's going to look. Like, it was just, like, okay. So hopefully I don't it's very get... on-the-spot teaching kind yeah, of thing, right? Like, <laughs> you have five minutes. Go teach her how to clean and press. I'm like, fuck, okay, here we go. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of cool. Like he also and ha- it's going to be filmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool because like there also has like dancers on there too. And this, I'm like, yeah, sure. If you want to film me, edit everything, and then tag me, sure. And I've been like reposting those, so that's kind of cool. Um, what else do I have? Like I'm not that, you know, organized for posts now because I've been working with Aura, but I try to still post twice. Um, twice a day because I just have this thing that I need to continually just have that motivation and momentum going but uh, the one thing I wish I was doing more of is like exercise tutorials because for my online clients when I give them an exercise they're like oh I wish you had more tutorials I'm like I know I just don't have time because the gym is always busy with people and I can't shut things off but uh, I'll probably try to get some more of those done but uh, that's kind of it so if anyone wants to be an you online Instagram client, pretty hard, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I try my best. But um, the weird thing, because I used to do this on Instagram and that's how I got my email list growing pretty quick was, um, oh, that's another one. I have a newsletter if people want <laughs> to sign up to that. But oh, that's uh, important. Yeah. Then they go there from your website, though they, they can land on that, that and yeah. get like a cool free download or something like that. Yeah, I have like a like a 24 fitness tips you should know like I wrote back in like 2015. It's horrible, but it's all good. You can get it anyway. But um, I used to on Instagram, anytime I got a like on any of my posts, I would DM each person just to say what's up. And then if they even like messaged me back, I would actually be like, hey, got a newsletter filled with awesome stuff. You should definitely be on it. And then I would have them on my email list. And then out of nowhere, I'm pretty sure that like Instagram thought I was like a bot or like someone who was spamming somebody and they actually froze my account for a while. And like, Oh wow. How long? I can't remember. I want to say maybe a couple months to a point. Like I would, I would post something and like put all my hashtags in and whatever. And you know, on average I would get anywhere from like a hundred to 200 likes and out of nowhere three, I was like, what the fuck? And then after a while, it kind of came back and started getting more likes, but I don't have the same reach that I did before because on average, Mm. you know, I would post twice a day, seven days a week, and every month I would average getting another 100 followers. But ever since then, it's been really, really, really slow. And I'm like, God damn it, I wish I didn't do that. So anyone listening, don't DM the crap of everybody in your Instagram 
because that could happen to you. But That's heard, an odd penalty I've never heard yeah, of. But I've heard, actually, I've been, I chatted with Jordan Syed before, and one of his yeah. buddies who had, like, 150K followers, like, he doesn't even know what happened, like, just posting regularly, and his entire account was just blocked and till this day can't activate it so yeah instagram's a little finicky so be careful is there, wow okay that's an entirely different thing um i, I would about to be like oh is there anyone you can contact but probably yeah. you know the listening yeah. audience is like okay yeah. yeah but yeah that's crazy um that's a tip don't crazy dm but we, <laughs> yeah. that's not even really crazy dm it's just like you're like my first eye um okay well i wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you for letting me interview you and um, I hope the listening audience has enjoyed uh, hearing uh, you answer some questions or whatnot. I, I tried not to go too hard. Um, but uh, if we can do it again, you know, maybe next time I'm going to go into more girlfriend action, you know, mom issues and um, stuff that I only talk about in therapy. Sure. Um, but did, but I, I hope everybody listening enjoyed it. And so I'm going to let you now close us out because you're the expert at that. <laughs> All right, so hopefully everyone out there enjoyed that. Turning the tables on me and... I enjoyed it. Yeah. I want to thank you, Lee, for taking the time out of your busy day to do this for me because this was just amazing. You're awesome. Everyone listening is awesome. So let's end it off right there. All right, so that's going to wrap up this special episode where Lee Peel got to interview me. And if at all you're interested in my newsletter or online coaching, I will post the links in the show notes in this episode. If you don't know what show notes are, if you are on an iPhone and you're on your podcasting app, click the episode and where the description is, click show more and the links will be in there. And if you have any feedback, thoughts, concerns, or just want to chat with me, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to help others. And if you really want to, I can hop onto Skype with you and we will talk about your favorite Netflix show, training, food, or what have you. That's it for me. Until next week, you guys, have an awesome day.